Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on Holy Communion. Welcome to Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe. have with me Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. All right, so we're just going to jump right into we're it. We're actually our, talk yeah, about right. communion this time now. <laughs> we, it was an episode about about. We, we did we did a twenty five minute yeah, promotional right. on communion. <laughs> well, that's kind of what happens when we don't see each other for a while. Uh, yeah, we had a couple schedule. And it was my it was my schedule that got in the way and, and conflicted, and we just weren't able to keep some of our yeah. scheduled podcast recording dates and. It's like when we don't see each other for a while, we end up talking a lot, yep, which a lot is of, okay. A lot you know. of catching up to do. It's probably a good thing that there's no drama yeah. among the three of us or there's mm-hmm. no hierarchy. So yeah, we do enjoy being together and talking shop. Yeah, that's right. Speak for yourself. Just <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> Oh, good. Well, let's, let's jump right into I, it, I guess. I, I will say Brian makes yeah. twice as much as the rest of us uh, do. Yeah, double <laughs> nothing. Two times zero. Uh, <laughs> double nothing. But we are talking about uh, the Lord's, the Lord's Supper. Supper. The Lord's Supper. Sacrament, Sacrament of the, of the altar, altar. Eucharist. Eucharist yeah. Communion. I'm trying to think of any other name that we're missing. Any That's other it? name we're starting to yeah. toe lines. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. The love, no. the love feast. <laughs> Oh. First Corinthians. Why don't we read the the, the breaking bread? Yeah, and we'll just right. jump in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what we were promising to do last time, we'll actually do this episode. Yes. So thanks for waiting a week to finally <laughs> yeah. listen to this. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So what we're gonna do? I'm gonna read the content of the small catechism, and then uh, we'll go from there. There's um, there's a nice uh, we've. A three-part arc, you know, today. Yeah. We're really four-part with last week. Uh, but <laughs> today, looking at what is it, next time looking at what are the benefits of the Lord's Supper, and then the last, uh, who is to receive it. And then it's following Luther's large right. catechism right. outline of Holy Communion, right. which I find very effective to study. Yep. So even though we're following the large catechism, we're going to read from the small catechism. Correct. Here. All right. Just so that we're clear. All right. Uh, what is the sacrament of the altar? Answer, it is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, under the bread and wine, for us Christians to eat and to drink, instituted by Christ himself. Where is this written? Answer, the holy evangelists Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul wrote, uh, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Uh, let's see. I almost wanted yeah, to say the ahead. table of the yeah. Lord is now prepared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so yeah, used yeah. to saying that. You right turn around afterward. and say, now as your hearts are prepared and yeah, as you're right, directed right. by the Lord's Supper or That's directed true. by the ushers. And you know, even as I was reading that, I don't think I read it exactly how it was written. I, I more kind of launched into my your own. You remember? I know. Mode, yeah. I know. <laughs> it becomes a part of the, who we are. The liturgy yeah. that we use is that this is yeah. the cup of the new covenant, yes. which is shed for you and yeah, for many use, for the forgiveness. Yeah, I think we sins. use testament, and then we use which is given for you and yep. for many. For yeah, the, yeah exactly. right, right. There's yep. a couple of extra words here and there, or yep. different words. Um, yeah, so we got the Lord's Supper here. 
Well, not physically here. Yeah. Right? No, that would be weird. A yeah. little bit. I actually <laughs> have it in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a personal. We'll uh, have some yeah, yeah, little yeah, right kit. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, your personal pastor kit. Yep. Yep. By the way, I showed my confirmation students that, and they were like, "Whoa, this is kind of cool." They they didn't know that existed. You know, the personal oh, the, the the communion for the home. Bible. Home. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyway, sorry. So. All right, we're so that's about, the that's the words of institution, and yes. then you kind of can follow the pattern. The next few questions in the small catechism: What is the benefit of such eating yep. and drinking? How can bodily eating and drinking do such great things? Right. And then the final one is: Who then receives the sacrament worthily? Right. And so Luther more we'll or less more. rephrases yeah. that: And what is it? Mm-hmm. What are its benefits? And who is to receive it? So today we're talking about what Ooh. is holy communion. Vas is das. Vas is das. What does this yeah. mean? Vas is right. das. Uh, the, the the first stopping point, it's it's exactly the same stopping point as baptism. When we're talking about what is Holy Communion, mm-hmm. it is something that was instituted by Christ. Mm-hmm. The, the place of prominence that Holy Communion has in the church is based on Christ's institution of yep. Holy Communion. It wasn't invented or instituted by man. This mm-hmm. isn't something that organically developed in the church and was accepted as a practice after a couple centuries. Uh, where, what that ultimately means is we're not permitted to trifle with it or to make a show out of it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, with with all apologies, not really, to the emergent church of the last 20 years, Coke and potato chips just don't cut it. Oh. And I've got a church just down the block from my congregation, Solomon's Porch, which was one of the preeminent emergent churches back when that was in mm-hmm. its peak that was known for serving communion, and that's mm-hmm. in scare quotes intentionally, uh, of Coke and potato chips. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's not something we don't play fast and loose with mm-hmm. communion. Even yep. among Lutherans or uh, among the Protestant churches, uh, the differences that we do have should be done in humility yeah. and with greatest desire to be faithful to Scripture. Right, right. Yeah, and so, you know, this part about being instituted by Christ, that's one of the things that makes the Lord's Supper a sacrament. It, that's yep. one of the it marks required. of it. Yeah, required yeah. that it's instituted by Christ um, that makes it that and where, where Christ, where God gives us a command, by definition, we ought to be paying attention to it. In, in any situation where we receive a direct mm-hmm. command from God about mm-hmm. a specific behavior or a specific institution or anything, it's, we pay the same amount of attention to Holy Communion as we do to baptism. We should be paying the same amount of attention to it as we do the Great Commission, yep. the command to go and make disciples, uh, the institution of marriage takes a place of prominence because God is the one who set apart marriage even before the fall. Uh, And so, you know, obviously we pay close attention to the Ten Commandments Mm -hmm. as they're instituted. And now we want to be careful here. This list, uh, we start to skew law heavy on it. Mm -hmm. And and just because Christ instituted something does not mean that it belongs to the law or is necessarily a part of the law. Mm -hmm. Christ commands us to do communion as a church, to serve the Lord's Supper, but he does it because it is for us, because mm-hmm. it is a gift to the church where the mean, the grace of God is distributed. Again, mm-hmm. we're going to be making the distinction here of not where salvation was won or accomplished yeah. for us, but how it is distributed. Right. And when I'm uh, saying the words of institution at, at my congregation, 
I tend to emphasize that for, for you, you yep, same here, and for the forgiveness of sins. That's funny because uh, I emphasize this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, no, I do the same too, thing. Yeah. You know, I yeah. I say on the night he was betrayed, he, Jesus had given yeah. thanks. He broke it and gave it to the disciples. Said, "Take eat. This is my body, which is given for, for you." You right, emphasize yeah. it like that. Yeah, I do <laughs> the same is thing. My body. <laughs> so, so, oh, yeah. so, so Brian's up there fighting the uh, some other group of people, and, and we're making a different emphasis. <laughs> what I always try to convey, and I, I, I don't want to manipulate anything, sure. but that um, the reverence that we, um, yeah. that the Lord is due because of his presence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, real presence in with and under the mysterious presence, uh, but that we do take as Lutherans very seriously, the word is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, without going too far, we also understand it's a mystery. You know, and so as you said last episode, we we need to stop where scripture stops. We can only go as far as scripture goes and go no further. Is this a mystery? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, we embrace that mystery, however, we take very seriously the words of Christ saying this is. Especially in light of when he instituted Passover. Mm-hmm. He's the true Passover lamb. He fulfills mm-hmm. that. He realizes the salvation that the Passover pointed forward to and reminded us of. Mm-hmm. And he is the fulfillment of those things. And in his body and blood. God, we receive the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so interesting about that when we saying we stop where Scripture tells us to stop. Mm-hmm. It doesn't permit us to go anywhere. And there's a sometimes we need to be told to go as far as yeah, Scripture well, goes. That's the other thing too, right? There's there's this anecdote from a book I read, and I wish I wish I had flagged it so I remember what book it is. I can direct people to, but it was a Lutheran writer trying to highlight in a good way the difference between Luther and Calvin. And, and the point he was trying to illustrate is Calvin had this desire to have the faith logically lay itself out. I mean, Calvin's institutions are as thorough as it gets as far as Christian thought is concerned. Luther was a, a bit more, you know, sporadic and, mm-hmm. and, and random. Uh, but the, the writer wasn't talking about communion here. He was talking about eternal security. And he, and he said, for Luther, one day he would preach as if we could never lose yeah, our faith right. because from God's perspective, the work of redemption is done and we can never lose our faith. And yeah. so Luther would preach eternal security. The very next day, he would have a different passage and he would preach warnings against falling, <laughs> falling away from away. the faith because yeah. that's what scripture said. Right. And, and he said, Calvin's over there in Geneva saying, no, 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 you can't do that. It has to be one or the other. It has to, you know, lay itself out. And thus in Calvin's theology, the sovereignty of God took prominence because that was the answer to all of the paradoxes. And, uh, mm-hmm. But in my opinion, this is my opinion. I say this out loud. I, this is, this is my conviction. I believe that in trying, <laughs> in trying to do that, Calvin took a step beyond scripture. Yep. And, and yes. that yes. is that is a common Lutheran assessment. Is you know, I, I was just listening to a different podcast on this, and, and the one of the Lutheran pastors on the podcast asked, "Why is it that Calvinists?" can so frequently quote Luther and be comfortable with it. But like Luther, <laughs> Lutherans, if we quote Calvin, we have to culch it in like seven yeah, disclaimers right. <laughs> before we get to the quote. Right? I mean, most of what Calvin mm-hmm. said, Lutherans embrace, you sure. know, and, and I've said on this podcast time and time again, we ought to, we owe Calvin a debt of gratitude for mm-hmm. the emphasis on the sovereignty of yeah. God. Lutherans don't do a good enough job talking about God's sovereignty. At the same time, uh, we would say as Lutherans that Luther was, did a much better job at stopping where scripture stopped mm-hmm. instead of trying to con- right. conclude or to take the theology to its logical conclusion. Right. Leaving that healthy tension. Yep. Finding the mystery, yep. leaving the healthy tension, mm-hmm. letting scripture speak without explaining what scripture le- leaves unexplained. Mm-hmm. 
Good. So, so, so the Lord's Supper has the institution of Christ, mm-hmm. and the other part of a sacrament is that it has a physical object. Yep. And so we have uh, bread and wine included in and connected with God's word. Yeah, in with and under. There in you go. With so it's under. the bread and wine are the physical element mm-hmm. and attached to God's word. That is the animating element of the sacrament, which we've been saying over and over and over again, mm-hmm. without the word of God, you're getting a snack. <laughs> you know, that's, that's all it ends up being. But with the word of God, by his promise, Christ's body and blood is there. Yeah. You know, uh, the word of God makes the bread and the wine, Christ's body and blood. And in the, a quote from Luther in the large catechism, what Christ's lips say and speak, so it is. He can never lie or deceive. So when Christ, you know, takes the bread and he says, this is my body, this is his body. When Christ takes the cup and he says, this is my blood, this is Christ's blood. And so the, there's actually a mm-hmm. bevy of scripture references Luther gives in the large catechism for us to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to read them, Brett? Should we just list them? Mm. You know, how do we... Can list them. Do you, if you know the reference, I don't maybe. know all of them. Okay, but you. So if you want to do your own study, yeah, I, Isaiah forty five twenty three, First Corinthians one twenty five, Philippians two ten, and Titus one two mm-hmm. are the kind of cross checks here, and you can kind of do your own Bible study on those. But it's the focus here: the physical elements of. Mm-hmm. The bread and wine connected mm-hmm. with the word of God are what makes right. this something different yeah. than what we normally experience. Right. Sometimes the way I, I speak of it to my people is something is happening here that's beyond just a mere eating, that uh, something more than than a symbol yep. here. Yeah, there's there's something more going on, and, and there's uh, there are a lot of ways we can get to that other mm-hmm. than just this, but this is the starting point. And so the, the conclusion... From and, and actually, this is the conclusion of both Lutheran theology and Roman Catholic theology. The answer to the question, can a wicked priest <laughs> serve at and administer the Lord's Supper? And this goes all the way back to the start of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, the history, it's the Donatists or the Donatists, depending on how you pronounce that word, mm-hmm. where the whole thing started from the systematic persecution of the Roman Empire of Christians. And, and what you would have when faced a threat of loss of life or loss of family, that you had several priests and Christians who said, just all you got to do is burn a little pinch of incense to Caesar and we'll let you go. A large number of Christians burned a little pinch of Caesar and then were remorseful. They repented. They they. You know, I caved under pressure. Please forgive me. And the Donatists or the Donatists mm-hmm. were the group of people uh, that said, no, you screwed up. There is no readmittance to the church. Mm-hmm. They were the, the harsh sect. And in fact, just listening to the History of Rome podcast, this mm-hmm. was one of the very first uh, early controversies in the wider Christian empire is that the Donatists appealed to Constantine to say, you know, the, the people who are letting people back in the church, uh, you got to say no. They, they appealed to the emperor <laughs> as the ecclesiastical authority on this. And so uh, now you have, you know, what happens if a pastor fell away mm-hmm. during the persecution? Then does my baptism count? Does yeah. when I received the Lord's Supper, did I actually receive forgiveness of sins? And this yep. is, this was a real question. Mm-hmm. Uh 
in in the times of the early centuries of the church and the persecution. This crops back up in Luther's day with when the corruption of the Roman Catholic Church becomes evident and, you know, being a priest in the Roman Catholic Church in pre-Reformation and Reformation was a highly lucrative position depending on where you were at. And mm-hmm. so what if my priest was wicked? What if my pastor is a sinner? You know, from the perspective, guess what? Your pastor is a sinner. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but Breaking news. <laughs> the, the This part where we say it's the bread and wine included and connected with God's word is what answers the question for us. Mm-hmm. When you receive communion, even if you receive it from an unbelieving priest – with the words of institution, which is God's word, you are still receiving Christ's true body and blood. Mm-hmm. So it's not founded on our holiness Hallelujah. or our yeah, sincerity, right, right. but upon God's word. And this is one of the distinctives that we want to highlight over and over and over again in the for you nature of the Lord's Supper. The value automatically starts to stem from the fact that it is something that is outside of us. Mm-hmm. It is objective. Yeah. It is external. And that that works on the same lines as what we were just talking about with baptism. Mm-hmm. And that brings comfort. It brings comfort. Yeah. It brings assurance is, you know, if you start to question your sincerity, the hope and the comfort you receive immediately mm-hmm. vanish. Mm-hmm. If you're, you're constantly trying, well, you know, even think about, did I repent enough to receive Holy Communion. I mean, I don't know if you've experienced it. We talked about it several times in seminary. I've experienced it as a pastor mm-hmm. where someone will say, I don't know if I can come up for communion because I don't think I'm worthy enough. I had a confirmation student. Um, let's just say he had uh, some overzealous parents mm-hmm. uh, in uh, pushing that, the remorse aspect of uh, the Lord's Communion, you know, a little bit too much, a little too far in my opinion. Um, he was sitting on the steps of the church. It was a beautiful sunny day and uh, a service had just ended and he's just out there on his own. And um, I went up and I just, you know, I knew him because he was in confirmation and stuff. And he was actually in confirmation at that time. And I just put my arm around him and I just said, what's going on? Because he's crying. And he goes, I want to, I want to take communion, but I don't know if I'll, I'll ever do it in a worthy manner. And I go, you know what? I said, the beautiful <laughs> thing about, about that is the fact that you even have that opinion or that concern mm-hmm. makes you worthy. Yeah. Yeah. And he right. looked at me and he started to just cry. Hmm. Yeah. And I just said, you know, I said, yes, we do take um confession and repentance seriously. Yeah. Because the true presence of Christ is there. But will we ever give it perfect? No. That's why Jesus came. Mm-hmm. If there is sorrow, if there is a, a reality that you are willing to see uh the brutal honesty of your sin and your sinful nature and and you love the Lord as best that you can with the power of the spirit that God gave you. Um, know that you don't have to get it all right. <laughs> and I said, you know, that doesn't mean you have to sit there and keep track of all of the sins that's, mm-hmm. that you've committed so you can confess them properly, mm-hmm. you know, at the right time. Um, we can confess the sins that we are aware of that God brings to our mind, but then also confess sins that I've committed sins I know I'm unaware of. Lord, please cover those. Yeah. You know, I love in the book of Job, you're studying through the book of Job, where he Job gave a sacrifice for his kids for unintend, unintended sins yep. or unconscious sins. And, and that's a really beautiful picture that if we can come and admit that, that we have committed many sins that we are unaware of throughout our day, that we also confess of those. 
the Lord honors that. Yeah. You know, the Lord honors it. And and that's where forgiveness of sin is experienced in the here and now, bringing the cross forward in remembrance of Christ mm-hmm. and his great sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's you you really hard pressed to find a better image of God's grace than to realize that our general confession of sin just simply standing before God and beating our breast like the mm-hmm. tax collector in the mm-hmm. temple, have mercy on me, a sinner. Yeah. That general confession is enough for God to forgive us. Mm-hmm. It's and, and like you said, it's in fact our unworthiness that means we should be coming to the sacrament. It means mm-hmm. we should we need it. be there to receive the certainty of the yeah. forgiveness of our sins. And, and then the beauty of God's grace is where an individual sin actually plagues us, we confess that sin individually and we hear those words and we receive mm-hmm. that forgiveness. And assurance of faith is promoted and yeah. fostered and nurtured. Right. Preservation right. of, the, you mm-hmm. know, just all of those things. It's such a, a beautiful thing because it's like baptism initiates that and the Lord's Supper continues. Yeah. Uh, this wonderful means of grace right. of receiving the forgiveness mm-hmm. that was paid for in full on the cross of Calvary. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's oh. a beautiful thing. Which, you know, for for me being a Lutheran, it's it's so. Yeah, I know com- a podcast called that. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's called Being Lutheran, yeah. <laughs> and it's on Spotify and iTunes now. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, I, I wasn't trying just to do like a derailed shameless, yeah, yeah. Plug. shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter. No, just kidding. Uh, um, I, what, I, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, that um, you know, I, I hope that listener, you see that what we're saying is the Lord's Supper. What is it? It's a thing of gospel, yep. and. You know, for many other Christians, non-Lutherans, it's a thing of the law. You know, something that you have a burden to do something. And so I, I wanted us to make sure that tone is struck. And I think we're, we're doing yeah, and that it's, here. And it's, it's not only just a thing of the gospel, which that would be enough, mm-hmm. but it's a thing of the assurance of our salvation mm-hmm. in the gospel. It's, you know, we, we talked several times about baptism, but that its value was for the moment you doubt that you are a child of God, you have this moment in history where God said, I have made you my child. And that's yes. at baptism. Yeah. The same thing stands for communion is if you have ever doubted whether you have confessed sincerely enough, if you're actually forgiven, you know, if you're struggling with habitual sin, if you're fighting against the guilt of a particularly egregious sin, whatever it comes across is you have the certainty of when was I forgiven right there at the altar when I received Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness of my mm-hmm. sins. I was forgiven at that moment by the promise of God who mm-hmm. does not lie, who cannot lie. That's mm-hmm. the value yep. of the Lord's Supper. It is the forgiveness of sins. You know, Luther writes at several points that wherever the body and blood of Christ are, there is forgiveness mm-hmm. for our sins. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's where, you know, we cling to that when you walk out of church on Sunday morning, at that moment— you were forgiven right then and there at the altar. Mm-hmm. That is where your forgiveness was received. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Mm, cool. Well, get a verse for us, Brian. I do. I do. First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, as Paul was talking to the church of Corinth, who were greatly mm-hmm. misusing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Lord's right. Supper, right. Uh, he makes a profound statement about the, this mm-hmm. is my body and this is mm-hmm. my blood in chapter 10, verses 14. For you. let's fight no Uh, therefore my beloved flee from idolatry i speak as to sensible people judge for yourselves what i say the cup of blessing that we bless is it not a participation in the blood of christ the bread that we break is it not participation in the body of christ and the answers to those questions are yes and amen thank you for joining us 
Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on Holy Communion. God bless you and have a great week.